0: Okay,
1: the Promoter Mouths podcast number three with Pablo Dunn and Kai Baron here. Hello.
0: How do you, Kai? You alright?
1: Yes, we're back after the New Year celebrations. How, how was yours? It was alright. Yeah, yeah. Christmas and New Year we were pretty chilled. We had some friends around, had some food and drink, stayed up till like five o'clock in the morning, New wow. Year's Day. Uh. I know how to party. Yeah. Although it does take me three weeks to recover now. I'm yeah. still
0: not really quite right. I, I can't tell you what time I went went to sleep New Year's Day, but it was, um, it was all a bit fuzzy. When you, when you start on the port
1: at four o'clock, you Ooh. know it's going to be a rough day the next day. Yeah,
0: yeah, but I yeah. was all right. Yeah, it was definitely a slow sulphur day on New Year's Day, def- for sure. You, you got much left in the fridge? Pretty much eating all, all of it. Got down to the bounties. I mean, you, you know when they'll the, the vinegar strokes of the confectionery, so to speak. Yes. Is, is when there's only little bounties left, on the in the old, uh, uh, not Quality Street, was it? Is it Heroes? Celebrations. Or celebrations. That's yeah, it.
1: But aren't, yeah, but so you're not a fan then? You you didn't
0: mind the fact that they? I didn't mind. They, I didn't mind the bounties actually. When they got rid of them. Yeah, 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 um, and when I ate about five in one go I thought actually these ain't too bad at all I think they're getting a bad press well that's
1: the equivalent of probably one chunk isn't
0: it I don't know but I think I think the chocolate to coconut ratio is bigger when they're smaller if you see what I mean so if you're eating lots of little small ones I think it's better than eating a big sort of fluffy bit of um, processed coconut or whatever it is I
1: mean you've given this a lot of thought i not probably whilst you were there you... <laughs> well maybe I have given it some yeah. thought but yeah, like... <laughs> you do really sat there with this tin of rappers and bounties yeah. reassessing yeah. your life choices I like it uh, you went for a run this
0: morning didn't you, have you no, back up I the I was supposed to get back on the oh, training nice. regime and, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, I was going to go for a 12-mile run, but I've got a bit of a fledgling cold and it's not wise to do a 12-mile run when you've got That's a bit, a bit of a fledgling cold. If any listeners have uh, um, not actually met me, I definitely look like a runner. Somebody who would run twelve miles.
1: Um, let me let me just interject. I don't think. You
0: <laughs> <laughs> actually. Um, hats
1: off to you, mate. Um, you run marathons, and that takes something quite special. All over Europe, you yeah. get holidays and you go running. But then, all I see is you. You talk about. You talk about doing a marathon, but then all I see are just you getting on it after the marathon. You know,
0: two pints and you're probably flat out, aren't you? Look, the, the way I view a marathon is, uh, uh, so, so psychologically, to get me round, It's basically a four-hour run to the pub. And that sort of gets me over any mental ba- hurdles that might sort of hit me during the, wow, the war. A, yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. If only it was four hours to the kebab shop, I'd probably be a lot fitter than I am. And any marathon day is basically four hours, well, maybe let me let me put this, but you wake up, it's two hours uh, making sure you've had enough wheeze and poos, so you don't get interrupted during the run, so it's two hours got ablutions, four hours running, and then eight hours in the boozer, and then three days after that recovering, pretty much. But that's, yeah, and I do, do that maybe twice a year.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wasn't it, what was her name, Radcliffe, was it? Marathon oh, Paula Radcliffe. Paula Radcliffe. Radcliffe. Yeah, didn't,
0: yeah. didn't she once squat, she, squat in a gutter? She didn't get her ratios right, did she? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she blamed it on some dodgy salmon, but uh, is that is that right? I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Ooh, yeah. I mean, I've been I've been close on training ones and whatnot. I rem, I remember sort of running around lower stuff then having to find the uh, what I'd done the night before. I had, had some. Uh, a hot sauce with with you know that Nando's hot sauce the extra the peri extra, peri extras yeah, yeah yeah the one with three extras on it I had some of that foolishly and then went for sort of a massive training run. and uh, and I very nearly didn't make the toilets in Nicholas Everest Park I of mean the parking lower stuff I mean you but, talk
1: yeah. you talking about your ablutions it doesn't arouse me as much as Paula Radcliffe squatting in a gutter if I'm honest. Oh, each, know, we've each, started. Each off, we've well. started off on a very low, yeah, are, low yeah. point, haven't we? I don't yeah. know. Um, I don't know. Maybe the listeners will decide who they prefer to think of sh- squatting in a gutter. Sh- sh- Certainly sh- not sh- you, mate. Sh- sh-
0: sh- shall we reiterate the uh, the the, the, <laughs> the format for the listener yeah. in case they just think it's all about running and yeah, pooing? Yeah,
1: we talk about running and pooing. The, I mean, um, anybody who knows me personally
0: would probably know that we're bound to get there pretty quickly, anyway. But anyway. <laughs> So, so the, the the format. Let me read this out again. Now, I, yeah. I don't think we should ever do a voiceover for this. I think we should just read it out because I think it. I don't think it. Anyway, that's a conversation. Yeah, yeah got, no, right. I'm I'm going with that. So, uh, yeah. So, so here we go. Two rival comedy promoters happen to live in the same sleepy town in Norfolk. Rather than be at each other's throats, competing for territory, like. Crap Colombian cartel leaders, we are joined together with a joint aim of banging on about the UK comedy scene through the lens of also living in an idyllic English market town.
1: Beautifully read. You get better every time. Oh, thank you. Um, and there's some lovely, uh, you wrote this, and there's some lovely alliteration illiter- in there. Um, yeah. Crap Colombian cartel. Yeah, we, we, we were going
0: to call it comedy cartel, then we, we found some Americans that had already done that.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean... Who knows? I think. Uh, I th- well, actually, I think they're reasonably successful with it. We'll let them have it. Shall I'm we? I'm happy
0: with Promoter Mouse, and and I'm really pleased with the logo, even though it, 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 if if you take out the teeth, it looks a bit like a cheeky ass at the bottom of a tyre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you are watching this,
1: just have a little gander at the. Uh, if you are listening to this, so have a little gander. It's quite at, a cute cheeky ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I, well uh, <laughs> it wasn't the intention it was just like let's get it out the but if you if you like it oh, i think dear. it's it's going to stick
0: I like um it. lovely I've, I've retitled this first bit it was comedy rumors but now i've I've entitled it comedy rumors slash comedy shithousery. I you, thought that would be more fun.
1: You like that word, shithousery. I've, I've
0: started overusing it. But, well,
1: no, you can't use it enough if that's what you're trying to uh, convey is um, people who have really sort of made some poor decisions at the expense of other people's uh, happiness and well-being
0: yeah and it gives us the chance to comment on it in a way that we might later deem unfair and then we can pedal back on what we said yeah if we if we <laughs> call someone out for being an absolute shithouse and then maybe
1: think oh we're a bit hard on that person but we we don't name names but it's only our conscience that will come
0: back and apologize yeah yeah yeah. well what, what the one thing I wanted to sort of call up is is when are you Uh, taking advantage of an act as a comedy promoter Mm. Um, and I I mean I've I've, I've seen some posts recently with some promoters um, using the phrase in there with the phrase a chance to see me like that's like a massive currency
1: well no isn't it a chance for me to see you
0: oh yeah that's it Yeah, yeah of course yeah yeah
1: try that again (laughs)
0: <laughs> Are you going to edit everything? You're going to be here forever. No, I, I think the listener's fine. Yeah. yeah, a chance for me to see you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes more sense. But, but yeah, I, I mean, for the listener who's not involved in comedy, there's a timeline that a comedian moves along and a progression. You basically start off as not a comedian, and then the day that you decide to be a comedian, you actually become a comedian, and then, in my opinion, once the, once you've made that the decision, but at that point you you are also a shit comedian. And then it later transpires that you cease from being a shit comedian with the amount of gigs that you do. Um, infused into that are things like natural talent, look, connections, all of that. That sort of helps along the, the journey. But the main thing that you've got to do is more gigs to cease from being a shit comedian. It's almost impossible not to do it any other way unless you're some kind of comedy genius... And, you know, there's a couple of examples, I think, that where people have taken shortcuts. Maybe sort of Ricky Gervais and what's the other gobshite who's got his own uh, YouTube channel with the long hair, Prince he's Jesus now. Oh, uh, brand. Brand, yeah. So, so, I mean, people like that, they, they tend to do all right pretty quickly. But they are really a massive exception to the rule. The only way of getting around it is to be uh, just, just to put the hours in and and become... A little bit more seasoned, yeah, you can get
1: the, the, and some promoters do have quite a few gigs out there which they um need to fill um with acts and it is nice to impress some of those um promoters, I'm sure as a as an act, but i I would not use that as a way of booking an act for free if if what you're asking for is acts that are getting regular paid gigs,
0: yeah, yeah, come and do
1: so. it for free because I'll be there, yeah. Yeah, I would never do that. I, I put the words possible progression. It leaves me with an out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if it's an open spot or somebody who's, uh, you know, just maybe breaking through to tens for 15 minutes.
0: I mean, to be explicit, but a bit more explicit for people who don't know perhaps where we are coming from, guys, okay, is that we have seen evidence of various promoters asking for comics who are already paid comics with decent... 15-minute spots to gig for nothing with a view to gigging for something. So it's a bit like saying to somebody, come around and do the wiring in my house, and if I like what you've done, you, you, you can do the wiring in my other house. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit like that. For but... a fee. Yeah, exactly. But to play devil's advocate there, it is difficult to find. If, if you are running an awful lot of gigs, I'm getting my apology in sooner because it's one thing to judge you but if you're running a lot of gigs and you're going through uh, uh you've got high turnover of gigs so you, you need a lot of comics coming through you need to be able to see these people don't you and you don't really want to take a, too many risks because you've got paying customers in so if you can sort of present what people are doing as a showcase then build up the relationships thereafter. Because there's a lot of bullshit in the uh, in the comedy community. Because if, if I put an ad out for uh, somebody who's got a decent middle 15, I'll get people applying who I know have only got a decent five, or I know I'm not getting paid by anybody else. Yeah. So there's that little grey area. So I can sort of see where someone who might be advertising for spots might actually be coming from.
1: But you also get uh, decent headline quality acts apply for the same gigs as well. I um, mean. Yeah, I I don't think you can um knock it if uh, if an act agrees to do it for the agreed uh, terms whatever that is mm. you know gig for free or um or you know for expenses but I do think for any act that is um worth their soul or or is actually taking it taking their career seriously I think if they are getting paid um gigs should at some point stop costing you a fortune, you shouldn't be floating other promoters' gigs with your fuel and your time and effort. Yeah, um, I think there's, there's as much as I have acts who do it for free, um, they are usually of a you know open open mic standard and are grateful for the time. But I'm also guilty of paying some acts more than probably they are used to getting paid, or, or I could have gotten for free, but I give them 50 quid sometimes, and that happens. Um, you know, fair's fair, sometimes I regret it. Mm. sometimes you realise that maybe you could have yeah, saved yourself some money but I do think sometimes they deserve it if they're entertaining, if the tickets have sold and you've got the money
0: in the pot, it's great I mean people want a gig for you because they want a long term relationship with you uh, and, and so, some are happy to sort of do it for nothing just so they get a few sort of paid gigs banked uh, and I, I can sort of see that um, and in, in, the, in the past I've, I've probably gone along with that Um and also to say as well, you evolve as a promoter as well and your gigs evolve, so what my policy on this might have been sort of eight years ago, probably, yeah. I've sort of changed my view on it as I've sort of gone along a little bit. So
1: is it shithousery?
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> Qualify. well it,
0: it's such i mean that's the nature the the end it's a funny industry in it you have to gig for nothing to 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 get the gigs under your belt so well, for
1: fear of going on too long about this we we might just sort of drift into other terms which um constitute shithousery um one of them is is the term bringers A bringer gig, which I didn't really know much about. I did accidentally have a bringer gig when I first started doing gigs. Um, And a bringer gig, for those that don't know, is where you will only book an act if they bring along paying friends on the door who will um, come and uh, fill the room, um, which I think is often unfair um, to demand that of an act. Um, So you'll only book them for stage time if they've got half a dozen mates who are going to come yeah and buy tickets um I accidentally made one of those gigs in Torquay where there was a um a comedian local in Paynton he lived and I gave him his gig and he always used to bring lots of friends and he, he needed the stage time as well and um so I gave. I often gave him lots of stage time, and he always brought lots of friends. But that, the the arrangement wasn't. You only get stage time if you bring your friends. That's just how it worked out. He had some very supportive yeah, people yeah. around him, um, which was great, um, and that helped build a bit of a community. But demanding that it's a bringer or, or stating it's a bringer,
0: I think they are frowned upon among that, that, the serious. They promoters. are, but um, you know, I. I, I um, I was once an open spot. I didn't progress much further than that because many reasons, which I won't go into. (laughs) But but you can speculate, and you'll probably (laughs) be right. I've done at least one of those, and I am aware of that scene. I think they're less gigs, more sort of workshops, Mm, really. And if you view it that way, people who find themselves in the territory of complaining about bringers... We've decided to talk about it today because it falls... It could fall under the banner of shithousery. But normally, people online who complain about bringers are often those open spots who should have by now progressed to not being an open spot and resent it. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things. If you find yourself being that bothered about it, put a shift in, move beyond it so it's not an issue. That's what I would say. There's,
1: an, there's another term called stayers as well, a stayer gig, where if you are booked, you need to stay till the end.
0: Yeah, I don't remember all of that. It's a hostage I, I, situation, yeah, yeah. I, and especially, I mean, I used to drive up and down the country for these bloody things, and and I felt as though I had to stay. I very often had the approach to promote first and say, "Look, I know I've got to be up in the morning. Do you mind if I get off and all the rest of it?" Which is a bit of a weird one, isn't it? But yeah, yeah that, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean I'm, just flip it around the other way. I've I've been there. It, it, what is effectively a comedy workshop with mainly sort of open spots, giving sort of supportive laughter uh, yeah. by that I mean pretending to laugh at your shit jokes and and <laughs> but, but if you're off on at the end of this uh, sort of uh, uh, episode you could be there with whoever you drove there with and uh, nobody else what you are know the know consequences- what, I mean?
1: so he- what are the consequences of leaving because well, if, well, if it's a
0: one-off gig. Yeah, if it's a one-off gig. The consequences are that you, you're, you're, you're tutted and frowned upon by <laughs> other members of the open mic community. Yeah. Uh, and, and you'll probably get away with it one or two times but if you do it routinely. If you do it routinely and you're still shit, then the consequences are that you'll probably close a lot of doors. If you do it routinely but you're killing, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's yeah. effectively it.
1: Lovely. I've got one comedy rumour, which um, I want to get off my chest in it. And that is about uh, a promoter who I think it's common knowledge among those that were involved with this promoter. right? Um, And when the pandemic hit, uh, this promoter had gigs running um, and lots of tickets sold and just disappeared for a while and uh, didn't refund any of the tickets, didn't pay any of the acts. I mean, that's potentially understandable because it was all a bit of a shit show, wasn't it? Um, but didn't refund any tickets to any of right, his punters. Huh. Then reemerged a couple of years later under a new brand um, and um, a new name, same promoter,
0: um, and was booking some big theatres. Is this the same person who came into a little bit of money? So he was maybe. Yeah, well, I don't want to be too explicit in case. Oh no. Uh, but, but if it is the same promoter approached the venue that I'm working at to try and make a play for whilst yeah, i still working I them. think he did and so I know that he he booked a theatre in North Norfolk
1: and had Milton Jones booked for it and I was curious because I'd like I'd like to book Milton Jones to do one uh, to do gigs for me and at the time Milton was um, not really doing many standard gigs um, so this is a 400 seat theatre and I was curious because I've got a gig in Wisbeach, um, which is a 300 going on for a 400 seat venue and I was checking the ticket sales. And on the day of the show, there were 38 people booked in for Milton Jones. All right. right. And then the following month, and he had some really good lineups uh, planned. And then uh, like a month or so later, there was another artist booked. And it was, um, I, w- I won't give a name because I don't want it to be a reflection on maybe the popularity of that particular and not not as big as uh as Milton by by any means but was reasonably popular at the time after a bit of tv work anyway 14 people were booked in for his tour show um and on the night um because I've, I've got communications with people out there on the night I discovered that they uh, they literally opened the door to another 30 odd people who hadn't paid for tickets they just cleared the bar and got them oh, all in well,
0: um which is always a disaster
1: yeah, so so that's a bit of shithousery. I just think if you're not if you're just placing acts into venues and then not really sort of doing much to promote them by having a poster on the website of the venue um, that to me is is letting down the axe but to have Milton Jones with 30 people in or whatever
0: yeah. that's, I, that's that was not a reflection here. of Milton Jones I mean, no absolutely not sure if I booked it for any one of my kids I'd, I'd be selling out twice you would
1: not have known yeah. he was on that's the point if you're listening
0: just sort your shit out because you know filling venues isn't easy you've got to put some effort in mm. I, I, it goes back to what we was saying before. You, you start off as a shit promoter, and then you end up getting better. But if you overstretch yourself as a shit promoter, your shit house really is more public. Yeah, I guess. yeah. But um, and and also it goes back to what we was saying last in the last pod. There's no guild of promoters, comedy promoters, so it does mean that there's a high propensity to, 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 for for <laughs> let's call them shitheads to be putting on gigs. You know, and Uh, I think it goes back to But they come and go, don't
1: they? And they do come and go. I mean, it's a shiny looking brand, uh, but not paying not paying punters who bought tickets and banking it. It feeds into the ego as well, doesn't it? I mean,
0: I know because because I I, I, my, my my business model now for various reasons is to book higher profile acts than what I used to. But I get people saying to me, "You're doing well. You're booking, you're booking high-profile acts." Well, that's not. I can see how that would feed into the ego, but that's not a measure of me doing well. It's a measure of me taking more risk, yeah, and and, and being a bit ambitious. But you, you've only done well when you actually sold the tickets, and it's not hundred percent all the time. And mm. sometimes, you know, there's a cost of living crisis. Sometimes you, you, you you're uh, you're you're not you're not always killing it. Some you are, some you aren't. You know, so. If it's feeding into the ego, what I'm saying, that will attract a certain type of person as yeah.
1: well. Like we said before, you know, it, it becomes more about them in their role in promotion and in the comedy industry than it does about the comedy they're putting on. I think there was another local promoter, wasn't there? That was a little bit like that, um, that we both know. I can't think of who you're talking about. Anyway, I'll cut this bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: The next bit, opinion whores... People who wheel out their opinions and sort of try to get mileage on their opinions—it's the bit on social media that that makes you angry. <laughs> and people lie on the back of it, can they get likes and whatnot? The, the one thing I noticed this week was actually a decent opinion from one of the trigonometry uh, chaps, uh, just wheeling out of a piece to camera about Prince Harry. And, uh,
1: yes, it, I saw that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. quite funny.
0: Come out with a line: "Is your, your your Harry Windsor not Harry Styles?" When he was moaning about his necklace being broken, <laughs> yes, which right. I, I, that, that did make me chuckle. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, I mean, that sort of launched me into a whole bloody stream of consciousness about Harry Windsor and his American wife, and and the whole shitstorm that's surrounding them, which they're complaining about. But at the same time, completely feeding this stick shit storm. So yeah. it just creates a complete hoo-ha. And it is a little bit, in a microcosm, everything that is wrong with the world today, in my opinion. I mean, you've got this woman who and, and this bloke who are both extremely privileged, who are who banging on about victimhood every bloody second. And you can't get much more privileged than being an actual prince of a country. And and his wife wielding out the race card. I've not seen anybody online um, say anything racist towards her, but she seems to think that that seems to be.
1: It is an undertone, isn't it? I mean, is is the there are these undertones of. Um the fact that she married into the royal family and they, they didn't like, they didn't approve of that because of her race and colour. But
0: I, I don't Except think... there was gospel singing at, at, at the wedding. So it was definitely sort of accepted much- and celebrated. So, 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 so to wheel out that as a victim thing, I mean... And, and there was that sort of American pastor who he, he was a gentleman of colour as well at, at a British royal wedding, which was... Accepted and there was members of the Royal family there. He, he went on a bit, didn't he? He did go on a bit. I mean, <laughs> that, that was my only issue with him. Does that make <laughs> me racist? I was like, yeah, and, yeah he, was, he definitely thought it was all about him, wasn't he? He was definitely having his moment, wasn't he? Yeah. Anyway, not, not, not topical, that was a couple of years ago. Well, my point is, um, the, these really privileged <laughs> people, are weaponising victimhood, that really doesn't exist. Uh, and I I just wanted to get my bum out over that for a minute or yeah. so. so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. happy to get that off my chest, can I?
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad. And, and, you know, you see it. I think the the media are, are still on it. And I think this book he's written, what's it called again? Um, oh, Spare. Spare. Spare yeah. me. Uh, I think he's really opened a can of worms there and I think he's probably burnt a few bridges and some of the stuff that's in there, I mean it's going to be a great read for people who, who like that sort of gossip, I mean it yeah. is, is you know a peek through the curtain isn't yeah, it yeah, yeah. Um, and and it, it sort of leads on to um,
0: C- Can I just cut in, just yeah. say one thing because I can sort of, I can see, if people were going to talk about what we we're just talking about you would get a whole load of people going why ain't he slagging up Prince Andrew he was an actual bloody Alleged molester and whatnot. Um, Yeah, we could have done, but we've not fallen into the trap of thinking just because one thing's wrong, another thing isn't wrong. And you're you're
1: quite into your opinion, hornungry, aren't you? You, You're very conscious of what other people might think or 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 take from something. Um, But you are probably right. Well, we'll get on to Prince Andrew maybe in future episodes. Um, You know, I have no doubt in my mind he's a nonce. Yeah, I think there's, there's all, something about a something other the nonsense about him, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, the, like the yeah, the fact he did all those things and then lied oh, about it. Yeah, all that nonsense. <laughs> all that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I posted a meme on uh, going back to the Harry and uh, and Megan thing. I posted a meme which I thought was mildly amusing, and I just thought oh, I'll put that on. And on the one side, there was a picture of Yoko Ono, with the caption, I broke up the Beatles and on the other side of the photo was a picture of Meghan Markle with hold my beer. Now I thought (laughs) I thought it was funny and somebody goes Sexist nonsense underneath it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, or racist
0: uh, could even be racist. Well, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and I find it quite amusing. Yeah, and yeah. it is quite amusing to me still. But apparently, it's sexist. And and Harry and John Lennon, is, this this what they went on to say, yeah, yeah. were equally as um, complicit in in um and in their um neediness and and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: yeah I watched so, that Beatles documentary. But do you, know what, did, right, do you know what I did? Actually,
1: you I did then? I pandered do? to the whoremonger and I deleted it. Uh, Is that my mistake? No, no,
0: I think you've got to look after your own mental health.
1: It was on my shaft of wit um, page and I thought, well, if, if that's if that's what one person thinks, but maybe that's me just being weak-minded, but um, I thought, well, you know, let's keep it clean.
0: The, the, I mean, I sort of worry about this sometimes as well because we're a bit loose-lipped on this and you don't want people, to the point, I've, I've suggested that I'd be called Pablo rather than Paul. But anyway... But should we crack on to the next bit, which is a bit more positive? Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: We've, we've what we've, we've discussed so far, but we've discussed um, running and shitting, um, the pandemic, shit Yeah,
0: let's have something a bit positive. Well, we call this section Praise B, uh, and in this section, we like to give thanks to any anyone in any setting who has made our week better. Um, first of all. I'd like to say thank you to you, Kai. Yes, hello. Hello, Kai. Yes, um, you, you ran a gig on uh, Friday night, which actually sort of links back to what we were saying at the beginning of this pod. It was a it was a competition called the Magnificent. No, dirty Dozen. Dirty Dozen, sorry. I knew it was cowboy-themed. So, so it was the a Dirty, dirty Dozen, dirty dozen and, and it was cowboy-themed, and, and actually Kai kind of dressed up like a cowboy, which was funny for anyone who'd never seen him before, because I, I was, yeah, for anyone who cared to listen, I was saying that's how he normally dresses. But <laughs> And one of the acts called me Woody from Toy Story. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. So uh, the concept of the night was basically, uh, it, it was a competition, um, 12 acts, all given five minutes, so a bit of a showcase, and and the winner won one hundred and fifty quid, which is fairly, fairly generous. Really, a, and a cra- trophy, a trophy, a cracking room, really well set room. And I've been to several gigs in this room with some absolute high class headliners. Well, uh, uh, strangely, this was the one that topped it off for me. I mean, it, was, it was a fantastic gig, and um, pretty much all of the uh, open spots i am not sure all of them were complete open spots, but they were all newbies of sorts um they all smashed it out of the park and and I'd say about sort of seventy or eighty percent of them completely smashed it out of the park and I was absolutely it was very
1: unusual for that number of acts to come for free um as open spots they 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 knew the they knew the drill um but you're absolutely right you know there was a good seven or eight of them were really strong contenders um on the night. I I loved it.
0: I'm still buzzing from it. Yeah, yeah. I, it was fantastic. Have a look on Carrie's Shaft the Whip page if you want to see the names of all the acts on there. But Nelson um, I, T. Gomba Jr. won it. Yeah. Um, in the end. And the, the other fantastic thing about that night is the fact that um the 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 bitter that um that they put on in a white horse um was actually on. Because the the, the, the landlord's (laughs) Timothy Taylor. You can flip a coin when you go in there, whether or not they're actually going to have it on or off. And it always puzzles me. Why is that? It's like 50-50. And and then when they saw me, I think, I wonder if they just went down and changed the barrel. And for a fresh thinking, he's just going to moan about it if, if, if it's not on. And yeah, I would have just moaned about it.
1: Well, I went in there over Christmas and I had a lovely pint of something that I think was some sort of reindeer brew or whatever Christmasy one and went back I'd normally drink San Miguel but I thought I'd have a change went back in and it had all gone they only Mm. obviously had one barrel of that it was tasty when you go
0: into a pub thinking oh fancy a supper that yeah well you you can't get too attached to the Christmas ales can you Fairly, yeah. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are seasonal. If it's if called anything to do with Rudolph yeah, or something, yeah, it did, did. Yeah, had they, a red nose reindeer it. on the front of <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> there yeah, should yeah. have been a
1: warning sign. Please. Yeah, but you know, we're talking sort of middle of December. Yeah, yeah. I think they, they
0: could have got more in. Oh right, right, right. I thought were yeah. something about when we went in last week. No, no. This yeah, was yeah, this yeah.
1: was build up to Christmas anyway. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, well done, Simon at the White Horse for keeping the landlord Timothy Taylor on them. If you could bring the price point down just a tad, you might see a bit. Five or a me. pint, five for a pint better. Yeah, I'm always under pressure from the brewing and all the rest of it. So, I, well, you know.
1: I've seen, I've seen um, Sam Miguel creep up from four fifty or something to five twenty-five or yeah. thirty. Now. Yeah. You, you never it's know. It's the way of the world, isn't it. You never know, yeah. but yeah. that's it. But, but it does keep the riffraff out that's very true it kicks me
0: out but (laughs) (laughs) that's probably that's probably the point
1: but going back to Friday the one thing that does stand out about gigs like that is just how well organised the team are to get that many people watered and fed before the gig during the 15 minute intervals you know you've got 70 people all hitting the bar at once Um, and he he
0: runs a decent he runs a tight ship there
1: and we're going to get him on for a chat I know but it will all be about him, won't it?
0: Yeah, well, I'll just give him ten minutes. Give him ten minutes and then and th- cut then five edit. out. And <laughs> <laughs> then when he's gone, we'll talk about his taste in waistcoats. Yeah. But you guarantee, if he's on it,
1: if he's on the if, if he's on the podcast, guarantee, you know, everybody
0: and his dog will get a link to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a good one to have. He's a good egg. Right on. Okay, so we're going back to uh, negative stuff. Uh, the section hellfire and damnation. Uh, something that happened in the week uh, that that hacked us off. I've got, I won't go into the big description about pits of hell and whatnot. But yeah, uh, did anything anything happen to you? Oh,
1: yeah. And the more I think, the more I was thinking about it after texting you. The more I thought, it's not right, is it? Um, so uh, the story goes. Uh, and it's to do with my daughter and the bus that she gets to college. Um, this is a council-run service, and it's a coach which uh, takes some... So we pay a decent amount of money for a pass for this bus, by the way. Um, and at the start of the term, she was complaining that it was a really shitty bus. It was just a normal bus, like a, a minibus. And loads of the kids were having to stand up, and the driver was just mad going down the back lanes and throwing them all about everywhere. And I was like, well, that doesn't <laughs> sound safe, love, but I'm sure it'll get better. You know, and it was, a, you know, brushed it off. Anyway, she came in the other day and she came back because she never guess what happened. The bus crashed. And I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, the bus crashed into a lamp post, and the driver just carried on driving. Smashed the front passenger door. All the glass was smashed. It buckled it so he couldn't open it. So when they got to their destination, they all had to get off. They had to alight through the emergency exit with about a five foot drop down the back of the bus. Yeah, yeah. And the driver got off of the bus, tried the door and he couldn't open it. So they said, "You've got to get out through the fire uh, for the emergency exit." And the driver got off the bus and fell over. Apparently, uh, it, it it all points towards the fact that he was probably pissed. But it's, it's basically Otto from The Simpsons, isn't it? <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But it's not right. I phoned the council number, got through to the department, told them my story, and he was good. And and every now and again I go, doesn't sound right to me, does it? It, it, it? It doesn't really sound right, does it? And the guy was going, hmm... No, that isn't that isn't normal practice.
0: <laughs> They're not going to commit because if it, like in my day job, if, if there's always an insurance claim, our insurers always tell us don't admit liability. That's the first thing they say. But what I would say to you guys: make sure you get your complaint in writing, and and then if you want to take any action thereon thereafter, you've got a base to build upon, and they've got to respond to that. And well, I just
1: think they to- need to be aware that this man's not of sound mind. He what? didn't.
0: He didn't even stop. He didn't flinch
1: really, when he crashed it and smashed in the door he just carried on his journey and then but what was quite funny is uh, this is how serious the kids took it Um, whilst they dropped off kids through the fire exit on each stop um, the fire exit was flapping open and the alarm was going on and off and they, they, between them, all made up some sort of techno tune to the sound <laughs> of the yeah. alarm. Yeah. So it goes to show that they
0: don't really care as much as I did. I hope one of them had the way we've all to start get the phone out and film it. Cause that would
1: I be... I've only seen a photo of the
0: smashed-in door that uh, like my daughter took okay. as they went round. Yeah, yeah. But, well, the, the other thing to bear in mind is that um, you, you ought to be advising your daughter uh, or asking her whether or not she has whip, whiplash. Because if she does, that's probably a fortnight in Benidorm, isn't it? I was, yeah. Well, it, it, was, a <laughs> like, think,
1: it was a bit like. It was a bit like you know when, when an insurance company phones you up and says, "Oh, you had an accident sometime. You know, you've had an accident in the last couple of years, um, or you, they obviously have insurance records or something." Which and um, I always used to say, "No, it was fine. It was just a bump." And then they used to say, uh, "But did you suffer any neck injury?" And you go, "No, no, not at all." What? so you, you didn't have whiplash at all? And I'm like, no, no, it's fine. We fixed it now. So you didn't have any injuries whatsoever because you can claim. They're trying to get you to go, yeah, yeah. oh, actually, yeah, I'm a number of people who must do that. Yeah, so I sort yeah. of did that to my daughter as well. I was going, yeah, are you okay? And she was like, yeah. I said, so you, you haven't got whiplash because you know you can, you know, uh, get a couple of days off college and probably make a claim. I can,
0: <laughs> I, my, my late parents, uh, bless them, my, 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 my father fell over outside his house and then made a claim, and then they actually got a fortnight in Benidorm and bought a load of cheap fags on the strength of it, but the thing was he actually <laughs> fell over in his own garden and still claimed, <laughs> and, and I like you, I mean I thought that was a bit despicable I found it funny, but right, you know, if there was still alive I perhaps wouldn't be saying this I did it, genuinely
1: <laughs> have a whiplash injury once when a car ploughed into the back of me when I was stationary, and ended up with about three or four grand out of that. It, but it was a genuine injury, though. You know, I started feeling quite um, a massive headache later at work. I was going to work at the time. Yeah, so that 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 happened.
0: I've got a couple of... Uh, again, this is a... Uh, this could come under shithousery again, couldn't it, really? Uh, well, I guess it's comedy shithousery. The one thing I've noticed is that when I put on uh, a couple of uh, uh, sponsored posts about gigs... You always get that, I've noticed now, you always get one person. So I, I, I'm, I'm booking uh, um, Reginald D. Hunter, Sean Walsh, and Mick Miller. And I've got campaigns going on social media at the same time. And I think for each one of these, uh, whilst 95% of the comments really positive, as you might expect, um, comments like, oh, and I hear his other jokes are actually funny. Or shame the headliner isn't any good, and I'm it's You know, it's just like, well, why would you just take a piss over somebody's bloody, yeah. you know, attempt to sort of create a bit of bloody business and laughter and or positivity, and somebody's sat there going, yeah, it's yeah. like
1: they don't they don't like this act clearly, or they probably don't know much about them, and yet they still feel the need just to vent and and to to share their opinion. Everyone's got an opinion on everything. It's almost like that's what they—they they can't help themselves, but just yeah, yeah. it's bullshit. Yeah, it I is. mean we've been guilty of it ourselves. I'd imagine on other people's posts, you just say yeah. it. Now. I'm getting
0: better at that now. I, I guess it goes back to what we keep saying about sort of all of this world that we live in. We we, we individually get better at social media, but collectively we sort of need to get better out of it. Yeah, well, I,
1: I, I think I am a exercise and a bit more self-control because I used to write stuff because then I started to realise that when you're on Facebook um, you can post any you you can post a comment on a thread from wherever from Timbuktu if you want there might be a Timbuktu group uh, open group and you might put a post on there and all your friends can see it
0: parking like a twat in Timbuktu (laughs) yeah
1: parking like (laughs) a twat yeah in Timbuktu Uh, but all your friends you know, they see it it flashes up on their fees it's like I kind of commented on this, and you think, ah, I should be a bit more mindful of what I put, because I have said some silly things, um, which, you know, might be construed to be a little bit, um, yeah, a bit mean-spirited, um, but sometimes
0: you just can't help yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Where, where do you stand on it? Have you ever, ever had any complaints about gigs? Like, have, have you had to deal with any complaints?
1: Yeah, what, what Direct?
0: I, well,
1: you know, I was, at, uh, we had a gig, I um, had somebody come up to me and complain to my face because we, they were having a great gig, they had lots of fun, but one of the, the there was a couple at the, in the very front, and one of, you were at that gig, I think, maybe, um, there was a guy right at the front, and he was just getting a bit gobby and he wouldn't shut up and, and it became it, yeah. a bit about him and, and he'd never been to a comedy night before and, and thought joining in was a bit of it anyway at the end I just said yeah and, and in future ladies and gentlemen please just be mindful that these are you know acts that have come to entertain you and, and calling out doesn't help you know give let, let them get on with it um, and I, and then I used the term that at the fr- it rhymes with front I don't want to uh, alienate more listeners by using the C-bomb but I said um, you know like this at the front See at the front, um, anyway, and then got on with it. Um, a lot of the audience agreed he was, um, being a bit too rowdy, and I just dealt with it like that and got on. Anyway, his girlfriend came up uh, after having a lovely evening and, uh, yeah, just um, held me to account for it and said, uh, I thought that was really. Out of order, what you said to him, uh, you know, talking on his behalf. And oh, I'm mean, like, right, who wears right. the trousers there, love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, that, yeah. that happened, sadly. And it's,
0: it's, a, it's a weird thing. I mean, I remember a gig uh, a, a couple of months ago. I uh, had a similar thing where uh, a, a lady was really drunk. And she was, she was talking to her friends whilst the act was on. And it was a really decent act. And I was very sensitive to the fact that anyone within a sort of 10-yard radius... They wouldn't hear any of the act. They'll just hear, hear her, um, and I asked the bouncers to to sort of go over and have a little bit of the word. Was this in Goldstone? Yeah, yeah, it just made it worse. Um, and then she came over because so, the bouncer, sort of stood near her to make the presence felt and she, then, she, then she came over and said I feel like I'm being watched and I thought well you are and then she just went into one and she was that drunk and then she, she was like talking really slowly and she put her hand out against the wall to steady herself and she was saying things like I've been coming here <laughs> for the last 30 years and, and proper like going into one but she was ruining it but like... <sighs> To put the other side on it, I remember in the 90s, when first time, probably the first or second time I actually ever went to a comedy club, I was guilty of pretty much the similar thing. So I was in my mid-twenties, and there was an act on, and I thought I was being helpful by sort of chipping in and having a bit of banter. And I was having a fantastic time. I was, you know, about five strong lagers in and and he, he came off stage and I thought this bloke's definitely going to be my mate now because we had such a crack <laughs> <laughs> and when I tried to buy him a pint A he wasn't drinking and B he wasn't my mate <laughs> <laughs> you'd ruined his night in fact. Yeah, yeah exactly so I have been that twat. so yeah. I think that's an education so as a promoter you can put yourself in the twats position, yeah. really, and sort of try and work out how to manage it. But, but when
1: you... Th- yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite fortunate. I don't need security at my gigs. So they're usually cosy little places with a, a nice community of, of well-mannered people. But um, it, you do appreciate when you stand there with, with, let's say, 70 or 80 people in a room who are behaving themselves. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing just how comedy can make them behave themselves you know they 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 all file in they sit down they've got their drinks they take their glasses back to the well, bar they come back again at the right time i mean that's not that's yeah. no mean
0: thing well, well this is this is why the setup of the night is so important if you set the night up in a way that they're almost subconscious Limits to what the audience can or can't do. Yeah. So A, if they're all pointing in the right direction, that's a help yeah. because they're not looking across from each other. You can't really get your phone out without looking at twat, yeah. which is which also help. There's a venue I've got where the people are potentially sort of sitting in horseshoes, which is a bit of a danger rather than sitting in rows because they sort of tend to look to each other for, for permission before yeah. they laugh. Kind of getting around that with the quality of the acts they're invested they're paying 20 quid to be there so but if in terms of the things that you have to stack up to be in your favour that's one thing that you're putting that's not in your favour if you see what I mean
1: it's the same sort of thing with bench gigs with like the, the picnic benches if you've got the table end on to the audience and people are sort of sitting sideways on and then they're just turning to look down the table at the act on stage the chances are they're going to start talking across the table so I always have them turned so that they one row has got to turn physically turn around, and yeah, put yeah. their backs to the other. Um, but you'll be amazed at how hard that is for some people. Yeah, they yeah, they'd yeah. rather twist their entire body round so yeah. it looks like they're about to you know snap their spine yeah, 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 than yeah. than just sort of move their legs over. But um, that sort of law law and order, you know, these are unspoken little rules that people pick up, and it's lovely. So when somebody does chirp up a little bit, it's not you know they do stick out because the majority. Um, are Behaving themselves, yeah,
0: and it's it's sort of uh, social. Fo- if you make it so it's a social four part to be a twat, you made that obvious, then then it sort of looks after itself. Unless you get something like I just mentioned, or that drug, they couldn't see any of those barriers or whatever. On, on the subject of complaints, though, there was there was one thing that I, there was one complaint I, I thought uh, relay to you, which happened a good few years back now, but it was a uh, it still sticks in my memory. as being really noteworthy. It, it's an act that we both know. Um, he's he's from Scotland, and he's homosexual, and his act was extremely graphic in terms of describing an act. It was brilliant. He'd won Scottish Comedian of the Year. He was fantastic, and it completely slayed it. And then I was quite surprised to get a, a written letter of complaint via the venue. This say how appalled they were at this uh, graphic description of a homosexual act. I think I've heard that
1: online, actually. It's, yeah. it's out there to listen to. And, yeah, it is, it is, it is pretty near the knuckle, isn't it? Yeah, as far yeah. As, and as, it's as far an absolute as, brilliant act. The
0: language and the content. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I thought, I'm going to respond to this. So I responded by saying, well, actually, this, you know, uh, everyone else found it funny. That's clearly evident by the fact that everybody was laughing. Secondly, in terms of who we pick, because I think mean, they had a go at who we pick and the kind of acts we choose and all the rest of it. You get fiercely protective, though, of things like that, don't you? Yeah, you do. It sort of hits you. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. said, so, well, he's, he's, actually, he's actually just come off the back of winning Scottish Comedian in the years. So we've not cut any corn, cut corners here, right? He's now breaking through into telly. He's since done live in Apollo and all the rest of it. So, so I said, you really can't hold us to task for this. But what I then wanted to say was, which i I was a bit chuffed with myself for this because it really worked quite well, I said... As a gesture of goodwill, I'd like to, to offer you two free tickets to the next gig, on condition that you give them to somebody else. <laughs> and that's what they did. Nice. And I got uh, two brand new audience members out of it who, who came regularly. Love, I'm
1: glad they took you up on it. Yeah, yeah I'm glad they, they didn't did, just yeah, say, yeah. Off, you know, piss off, mate. we I've a lot of that recently. Though. I, think, I, I think we should rename this section um, and, and rename it to Red Mist. Red Mist. Because there's your, your rise. I get. I always get a sense, every episode so far, I get a sense of the, the Red Mist of done. It gets plastic, <laughs> doesn't it? yeah, yeah. You're you can right. see you, it you a bit primeval <laughs> about it, but,
0: yeah. But then you, you, you check yourself afterwards and think, really, was it that important, you know? Right, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> it's that bit at the end? Is like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Clearly, 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 Kai's not rising to this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, right. Good so, stuff. Um, the next bit, I've entitled the comedy interview, but we won't do that because we haven't got. We anybody. haven't got any. Well, yeah, we, it, haven't, it, we haven't got anybody this
1: time. We haven't. Um, I've got some clips and things that we could be dropping in here from gigs I've been to. Um, but yeah i mean i well, yeah i mean we could it depends it depends what we call an interview and what we call just a quick soundbite from a from a gig that perhaps um or from a gig that i'm, I'm sorting
0: out i think we should challenge ourselves to get soundbites from the highest profile comics Say, that we could get so can we get for
1: for example i mean I I run a um, I don't run I co-produce a night um, with Phil Nickel at the comedy store called Cray Cray, comedy and music, and it's an amazing night where we have some very good headliners, some of the hottest talent on the circuit, and uh, a, an amazing house band that
0: accompanies them and, and consequently because it's in the middle of london it's the comedy store and all of that uh, and and it's and it's, it's it's a really good offer you have the opportunity for getting the best comedians who are happy to work with you for that night uh for and- a relatively low fee and if they're free and it's a tuesday
1: night and and they pop across town and do it um you know partly through connections and partly through wanting to try stuff out uh We've had Stephen K. Amos, we've had Reg D. Hunter, Rich Hall, um, and we even had, um, back in May, um, he was in town, um, Chris Rock.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's uh, incredible, right? Yeah, absolutely incredible. So what I thought would be quite good once a month when Kai does one of these gigs is to get the best soundbite. doesn't have to be an interview. But challenge Kai to go to the headliner and see if he'd come back and give us something. At the very least, saying, "Listen to the Promoter
1: Mouth podcast." My name is yeah, 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 exactly. Now
0: this month we're going
1: to have Paul Sinner, who is a lovely, lovely man I and love the Cineman, definitely
0: the best chaser. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. If you're up against yeah. the Cineman, you're knackered.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And he was he was feared. Um, so we've got him headlining. So so I'm going to, My goal is, all being well, to come back with him. Doing a little soundbite that encourages people to listen to this podcast. But it could have been a different story where we had an act booked until... I'm, I'm not going to name the name of the act just purely because um, uh, I would like to keep it cryptic. But on Thursday midnight, we lost this particular act. We were able to announce him on on uh, Lunchtime on Friday, but let's just say you know he could fill the O two in a few days with his ticket sales. Um, and and he's in Panto in London at the moment and was going to come across town, but yeah. it didn't
0: happen. I'm gutted. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I won't make any more references, uh, even though I am tempted. And it I know was, it, is, it
1: was, it was so close. You know, we I'd made the videos and the promo and everything ready to go on on Friday. Um, it's not to say he won't do it. Um, we might get him for or March, but. Um, on this occasion, the big fish
0: slipped off the hook. I think Paulson is a big enough fish, and your challenge this week is to get Paulson Sinner, Sinner, Sinner to say, "Listen to the Promotional Miles yeah. mal- Podcast." Let's see for the next pod whether or not you succeed. What I usually do is I go into this little back sort
1: of uh, into the into the tech wire um, room and interview them next to 400 volts of electricity. Um, just hide in there, do a little little interview. Let's see what we can get out of him. He's going to be there from. Uh, for sound checks about five thirty, and so between five thirty and and when we go live at eight, um, yeah. I reckon,
0: well, I reckon it'll happen. You, you know, you know what, Kai? We, we're not we're not going to give our exact numbers, but let's let's just say that the way this we've seen we've seen some of the uh, the data that we come back from this pod, we're extremely pleased with it. Aren't we? We're really pleased. So, yeah. So so it could be a matter of time before they're pestering us to be on the put. That's probably a bit ambitious right now, but who knows?
1: Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but.
0: Yeah, who know, who knows. <laughs> we have got a bit of a wait for that one. but uh, let's think, put it this way. We 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 we're, 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 we're going to get Simon from the White Horse on first. <laughs> I wouldn't build it up from there. <laughs>
1: um I've got a couple of, I've got a few little interviews. I've got an old James interview, but I've also got another um sort of channel for um offloading some of that stuff that I do. Um when when acts come and stay at mine, I do a breakfast club podcast with them and just interview them um, it, uh, and have a chat and and so on I don't know if it fits in with this um, format, um, it's, it's a
0: little bit, it would be a bit um, I, 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 self-indulgent So let the listener look behind the curtain and I'll give you my thoughts on it, I think we've got to really be careful not how we handle interviews because I know when I listen to podcasts myself, you're, you're listening and you're coming back because you're investing in the main body of the podcast. So either it's a, it's an interview podcast or it's not, or if it's a, if it's not an interview podcast and then you have thrown an interview in, it almost I think it has to be formulaic in a way. So, it doesn't intrude too much on the spirit of the whole thing. Uh, that, that's my thoughts on it. Prepare to be wrong, as always. I no, I think you are, right? you be. know,
1: and if it's somebody who, who isn't particularly interesting, who we find interesting, um, I think there could be a few sound bites sort of specifically aimed at what we do. So, you know, venue owners, other promoters, um, people we deal with directly, um, just for a, a brief chat on a topic. But if you're in here and you're chatting to them for 15 minutes, I it think it might just go. Off I don't. I don't think it should be long form. No.
0: And actually, we have got good reach in the comedy community. I mean, you know, for argument's sake, if we did this a year ago, you could have had Chris Rock on uh, giving you a uh, giving you a soundbite. That would help move things yeah. along. Could to have. To be completely mercenary about it. So so, it, yeah. so you know we're not daft. We'll uh, we'll uh, try and get he, the best. He of both didn't worlds.
1: seem the most approachable person out of all of the people I've worked with. There. Did you feel
0: like swatting him?
1: No, no, I didn't actually. But but he was trying to be really conscious of not talking about that incident. It literally happened and, yeah, about all, a week before, it, didn't and it's it?
0: all anybody wanted to hear about. I mean, so. it literally was a couple of days before. So a he must have had jet lag, jet lag, and b he must have been fed up with. He people did asking.
1: look. He did look. And and you know, it was it, it was when they brought me in first of all, um, and at that point there was only about eighty people in a four hundred seat venue there, and wow. Chris Rock rocked up. Wow And you know They, they couldn't believe it we, we, we could barely believe it I think it wasn't quite What he expected um, In terms of numbers Because it's the comedy store And he just yeah, went Let, yeah, Let's yeah. go there And practice for the Albert Hall The yeah, next yeah, night yeah, yeah. Um, He went the next night And smashed it And we couldn't advertise it had we, had we put the word On the street The place would have been Rammed within seconds
0: Yeah exa- And given the time You had him as well was like literally, yeah. The day, was it two days, three days? Some, it was. Some, it was back in May. It was. It was still being talked about a lot. Oh, In, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in the press and every every podcast or and we uh, never milked it after either. TV.
1: You know, we we. I, I'd only just been introduced to the night and, and we we didn't even milk it for what it was worth. That We could have been in the papers and everything, you know. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. We just didn't, didn't really... Call yourself a a mower. It all happened so quickly. <laughs> yeah, right. And and I think you wanted to thank people, for, um, going back to our podcast, you wanted to thank people that had liked the podcast. Yeah. You've well, had a few
0: people... Yeah, a, c- a couple of uh, people personally came up to me and sort of said I like I like the pod uh, and sent me messages and firstly really grateful that people are listening um very humbled by that um also completely weirded out by it I haven't you've not oh <laughs> right you, you, you've got to get out more <laughs> <laughs> no my
1: my wife listens to it uh, uh yeah I haven't yet i feel quite uh... sad about that maybe they like you oh no Oh, no, what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> when they ask, when they say it to you next time, say, well, so what do you think of Kai? And then get back to me. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. have a review of it. Um, but didn't you have somebody who said, oh, I thought you were amazing, really listenable, and then they wanted a phone number for an act?
0: Yeah, what's well, <laughs> it? yeah. <That laughs> They'll happen. be listening yeah, to yeah, this yeah, yeah. if they really
1: like it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Nice. You, well, you've got to take compliments with a picture, so all, all the time anyway, haven't you? <laughs> Especially when the next thing they say is, can I have the number of one of your famous acts? <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I I choose to believe the sincerity of the compliment. Yes. It helps me out at this early stage. And I I did.
1: I I believe the sincerity of the compliment. And then I read the next line. (laughs) 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 Brilliant. Um, Well, um, what was this then? Oh, yeah. So some some people approached you about things that you said. Now, I picked up on one. Uh, things that you said, words you used last, and I've got a couple for this one, which I'm going to say for the next
0: episode. I wrote, a, I wrote, I wrote a couple down. Ah, brilliant! <laughs> yeah. I, I get pulled up on this a lot, you know. Okay, right. So, um, just to say, this week, uh, uh, somebody pulled. You know, you know that posh butter you put on bed? What do you call it? The the, the one that was famously uh, really expensive. Lurpak. L- you call it Lurpak? Well, I was calling it pack. <laughs> Did
1: you last month?
0: Oh, no, not last month. I've just during ju- the oh, week. It, somebody, you, put, Somebody bent me in. and said, Why you are You, to, you talked about
1: just... putting Lurpak Ler- on your Warbitons.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, or
1: no, you ju- you're just showing off that you now know the word. No, <laughs> I was just
0: saying, because I think you're about to start... Uh, you're, you're about to start saying that I'm pronouncing shit wrong, right? Uh, <laughs> yes. But just outside of the pod, I got pulled up for pronouncing Lurpak uh, wrong. Okay. Right? And, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, so it does happen. It, yeah, I good, and
1: I think it would be fun to just highlight those in a feature which we call. <laughs> 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 look, have a look. Um, somebody, somebody came up to you, didn't they, after the last episode, and
0: mentioned that you used the word Comp, compunction. What yeah. was the problem
1: with that? I, I don't know. I, it I,
0: right. I, I, I think I don't think uh, I don't think he's ever heard me use a big word before. I'm probably uh, to, to most people. I, I do appear like and I probably am to a large extent just a massive massive northern Lummox, so that's fair enough so i'm a northern Lummox who wheels out words like compunction every now and then, um for some reason this this chat was uh, like oh, he said compunction, okay <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it yeah. was just a
1: case of bringing yeah. you up on a long word that he yeah, never yeah, thought yeah, would yeah. ever come out of your mouth,
0: pretty well, I think that's what's going on, but yeah yeah, <laughs> compunction, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but he was framed in a sort of a in a way of a compliment which. You know, if you complimented on using a big word, you're kind of thinking, "How's that?" Um, to-? Anyway, but mine's not a uh, but- mine's not um,
1: a compliment. Mine's a correction. Now, you, um, I mentioned about putting pate on um, on crumpets as being maybe something that people might think of as being uh, a bad thing to do because it's just meat paste on a on a on a crumpet. Yeah, um, and you said what like foie gras.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, and and it's pronounced foie gras. Oh, was it? It's a French word. Yeah, right. And and so, I'm I'm far a bit for me to you know to be talking down upon you. But as an English teacher, I just felt I I'd I'd correct your French. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, you said oh what like foie gras, and I'd let it go. And then on later reflection, when I was editing it, I thought I can't let that go. It's foie. foie, It's it's pronounced, and I've written it there for you: F W A. G-R-A-G-R-A. Yeah, nice. Foie gras, it,
0: sounds, it doesn't Speaking, sound right. It's not foie gras? It? No. It's written, isn't it F-O-I-X or something? Yeah. Yeah, all oh, right, foie, foie gras. Foie. I like it with a nice glass of Soave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Chablis. There's one guy on telly who routinely pronounces a word wrong and he shouldn't do it. What was that, that, that mahogany-faced blog deals in antiques what's he called dickinson, dickinson yeah david yeah, dickinson yeah. right given that his stock in trade for years has been dealing in antiques he, he goes to auctions right yeah he calls them auctions auctions yeah Yeah. <laughs> you, think he'd right, you? <laughs> you think he get that right would not <laughs> you auctions he does because he goes to auctions all the time you know? and yeah. like you know i mean i you know i call it, them auctions i don't eat for, for, for What's it called? (laughs) 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 Fulbright. Oh, you're so forgetful. Come on.
1: Pardon your French. And that brings us to the end of episode number three of the Promoter Mouse podcast. Uh, I'm Kai Barron and Paul Dunn is not with me right now, but he has sent his best wishes and thanks for listening. I somehow managed to not record the ending while he was here, so I'm just going to stuff this on the end and then... Uh, sign off. So thank you very much for downloading, listening, and we hope to uh, entertain you again in the next few days. Thank you! Support Kai and Pablo by becoming a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash promotermouths.